Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I feel like all is right in the world because I have my microphone back up and running and I have a million different microphones, but I have a preferred setup and I don't know why I prefer it because it's kind of a pain in the butt. It's very, very temperamental and I routinely have to get Chris involved because I can't get it to work and I choose not to try. (laughs) So he came up this morning and got it working for me and I feel great about that. So I sort of feel like I should give a warning that today's episode might fall into the kick in the pants category at times. Not entirely, but at times. I'm a fan of that because while we probably don't need that every day, we probably do need it every once in a while. Maybe today is that day for you. Maybe it's not. There'll be other things we talk about that are much more gentle, but just a little warning. Before we get into your questions for today and my little kick in the pants rant, let me tell you what we are giving away. I have been getting a lot of questions about the quad biotic that I talked about, I think in episode 951. Let me just double check that and make sure that it is 951 so I don't send you to the wrong place. Um, so 951, yes, that is the right one. 951 is the episode... No, no, no. Sorry. 965. Sorry, sorry. 965. 965 is the episode where I talk about the link between your weight and your microbiome. And the reality is weight loss is more than what you eat, how much and when. It just is. And this does not mean that there are things out of your control that are going to make weight loss really impossible. I think a lot of people think that way, especially as they get older or if they have thyroid challenges. Not only am I older, I also have my own share of thyroid challenges, especially in and around pregnancy, which, you know, that postpartum thyroid storm is a reality for me. All of these influences of the microbiome on our body weight are totally in our control in that we can make changes. But what we know is that certain bacterial strains increase cravings, increase hunger, decrease your ability to mobilize burn fat, mobilize and burn fat, and increase the likelihood that you'll store fat, whereas other strains of bacteria function very different and they don't drive cravings and they don't drive hunger and they don't impair your ability to burn fat. They really help your body to use fuel as it needs to use fuel instead of preferentially storing it. These are things we didn't know about the microbiome even 10, 15 years ago, but we know now and we're understanding and exploring more and more. The research on this is fascinating and it If you've ever heard of like fecal transplants, which is as gross as it sounds, but what they're doing is they're transplanting bacterial populations for the sake of seeing improvements. Now, initially this started in animal models where they would take the microbial environment, the microbiota of say an obese mouse and transplant it into a lean mouse and they would watch that mouse start gaining weight even though nothing else changed. So they would hold steady diet. Diet wouldn't change. 
activity level wouldn't change, but just by changing the microbiome, a lean mouse would become a heavy mouse. And it went the other way as well. They would take the microbiota of a lean mouse and put it in an obese mouse, and without changing diet or activity level, that obese mouse would lose weight significantly. We didn't understand exactly what was happening, but we do now because we know that different strains of bacteria do different things. They influence our hormones differently and they influence our metabolism differently. And all of this tells us that you can't just leave your microbiome to chance. And a lot of times people will say to me, well, Elizabeth, I'm taking this uh, probiotic for digestion and immunity. Is that good enough? And without knowing what strains are in there, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb and say, no, probably not, because the strains of bacteria that support digestion and immunity are not the same strains as the strains that support fat burning and metabolism and hunger and cravings and all of those things. It's kind of like a B vitamin is not the same thing. B1 is very different from B3, from B6, from B12, you can't just say like, oh, well, I'm already taking a B vitamin. Well, if you're taking niacin, that's not the same thing, right? Because that's one of the B vitamins. That's not the same thing as B6 or B12. They do different things and strains of bacteria are, are the similar, similar in that way. So anyway, I'm going to give away GBX Fit today. It is the quad biotic that I talked about on that episode with Dr. Sean Honestly, it's either 951 or 965. I know I've said both, and I honestly don't, don't remember off the top of my head. So it's a quad biotic. It's the first ever quad biotic. And what that means is it includes prebiotic, probiotic, phytobiotic, and postbiotic, all specific ingredients with the goal of supporting weight management, and optimal body composition. So it's not just the immune strain that helps you fight off infections. No, no, it's very different. It's not just prebiotic as a prebiotic as a prebiotic. No, there are specific prebiotics that feed and support specific strains of probiotics. So it's, it's really the first probiotic out there targeted in this way for weight management. I take it every day. It's this little purple thing, a little purple capsule if you see me post it on my Instagram stories. But that is what I'm giving away today. I'll announce the winner at the end of the show. I give something away every Saturday and all you have to do to win is leave a review of this show on whatever platform you're listening. So, okay, that's what we're going to give away, GBX Fit. I'll also put the link in the show description if you want to check it out. Here's my hot rant. And let me tell you first where this is coming from. I get a lot of messages and I see it as a privilege when somebody reaches out to me to ask for help. This started when I was very, very new in business. I remember telling my first husband when he'd be like, aren't you overwhelmed by the number of messages you're getting? And I would say to him, my perspective on it is that every single one is somebody who says, I trust you enough to come to you and ask for your feedback. And that's just such, it's such a privilege and it's such an honor. And I'm really, really grateful for it. There's been a trend, I want to say over the last month or so, of people who are messaging me really frustrated and focused on what they perceive to be the problem. Messages like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't get out of my own way. I'm so frustrated. 
just down, right? Now, I'm not a therapist. I don't play one on the internet. But what I want to say is this. If you don't have a positive outlook on your journey, and that doesn't mean it's going amazing, right? It can be in struggle bus territory. But if you don't have a positive disposition about the journey you're on, regardless of how it's going, you need to start there. If you don't have a good attitude, even when you're in the trenches of struggle with your goal. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not suggesting you need to have a good attitude about your divorce or a good attitude about death of a parent or anything like that. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about specific goal pursuits like getting out of debt or improving your fitness or losing weight, right? Let's be very, very clear. But you've got to, you've got to develop a positive disposition about that thing, okay? The whining is not going to help you. The problem focus is not going to help you. The convincing yourself by telling the story that you suck, that you can't, that you know something is wrong with you, that is not going to move you forward. It's probably going to move you backwards and best case scenario, it's gonna keep you right where you are, rooted in the mud and the muck of the problem. I'm currently on a fat loss journey postpartum and I am a person who weight loss is very slow when I'm breastfeeding, like annoyingly slow. But breastfeeding and, and, and pumping is a high priority for me right now, so I'm going to continue. There are absolutely days where I'm like, could this please go a little faster because I'm doing the things right and like I know that it's just a function of the hormones and all of that related to breastfeeding. But never am I going to be like, this sucks. What's the point? I'm never going to get there. Because A, I would be miserable and life is short and I choose not to be miserable. And B, that is absolutely not going to help me in any way. There are things to legitimately get upset about and there are things to really be down about. But the, but the whining and complaining about your own choices, no, stop, stop. It, it's not just that whining isn't an attractive trait, right? Or complaining isn't an attractive trait, though those things are true. But it's really more practical than that. It's not helpful. It's not going to get you where you want to go. You can have a long journey ahead and not feel great about where you are right now and still have a positive disposition about where you're headed and what it takes to get there. Plus, you're going to get there a whole lot faster if you view it positively. And that is absolutely within your control. Take full responsibility. You make choices you don't feel great about, fine, move on. Next, you don't have to sit and stew in how you feel about what already is done. If you don't have a good attitude about the journey that you are on, I really feel that that is your starting point that you have to look at what you can do to shift your perspective. One of the questions that I ask myself on a very regular basis is, what has to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? And I ask that question with regards to taking care of my home. I ask that question with regards to working out, to eating healthy, to my work. What needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? In a lot of cases, it's a perspective thing. In other cases, it's getting rid of clutter or it's managing my time better. 
It's not complaining. It's surrounding myself with people who pursue their goals with positive affect. What needs to change so you look forward to doing what needs to be done? Okay, rant over, maybe, possibly. I asked in the Primal Potential Facebook group, which is an amazing community and a great way to kind of work on being more positive and more solution-focused. I asked what you guys want to hear about in the podcast, and, and there was a topic around self-sabotage that came up a couple of times. One person said, uh, talk about self-sabotage for sure. Also, addressing the issue of knowing what to do but not doing it. Why don't I show up for myself the way I show up for others? Let's talk about this idea of self-sabotage first. And let me tell you, I've done a bunch of episodes on this. So grab a pen because I'm going to list out the episode numbers if self-sabotage is something you want to learn more about. 77, so that's 077, 155, 155, 281, 281, 880, 880, 93, 093, and I think that's says 176, 176. All of those episodes touch on this idea of self-sabotage. And probably in all of them, I've said what I'm about to say. It's not self-sabotage. I don't believe for one second that you are intentionally setting out to cause yourself harm. What I do believe is happening is you are negotiating for a choice that doesn't align with your goals. So let's say that you've been crushing it with workouts and then you take two weeks off from working out and you consider it something like sabotage. Like I was doing so well and then I haven't gotten off the couch for two weeks. I don't believe that that is sabotage. Just like I don't believe that if you eat clean all day long and you come home and you binge, I don't believe that's sabotage either. What I believe is you are talking yourself into a decision or a series of decisions that is not the decision or series of decisions you ultimately want. It is very logical. When we talk about something like self-sabotage, that's not logical. But you eating well all day and then coming home and, and stuffing your face with everything that's not nailed down, that is logical in that you're using reasoning with things like, I'll do better tomorrow. I've been so good all day. Uh, you know, if I get this stuff out of the house, then it's not here to tempt me. That is logic. Now, it's not the only logic. It's not the highest level of logic. But Take responsibility for the fact that I wanted to make a different decision and I talked myself into the decision that I made. And if I use different arguments, I can get different outcomes. So it goes back to, you know, asking yourself these questions. And you can still use the question we talked about a couple minutes ago. What needs to change so I look forward to doing what needs to be done? What needs to change so that I look forward to following through on my commitments in the evening? What needs to change so that I look forward to that? Or you can ask yourself, how could I talk myself into the behavior that I want instead of what I've been doing, which is talking myself out of the behavior that I want or talking myself into a behavior that runs counter to my goals? Accept responsibility for the way you're negotiating 
for the choices that you ultimately make because that's what it boils down to. You are always convincing yourself, whether you convince yourself to work out or you convince yourself to skip the workout or you convince yourself to buy the sweatshirt or you convince yourself to save your money. You're always convincing yourself. I don't believe for one second that you're just this like deviant, maniacal human who wants to harm yourself. I don't think that that is true. Look at the way you're talking yourself into and out of the choices that you make. And that is your opportunity to make a shift. Now, another part of this question is, why don't I show up for myself the way I show up for others? Because of this internal dialogue that you have, because of the way you convince yourself. So, you know, my husband's a great example here. When his friends ask him for something, he's like, Johnny on the spot, drop whatever's going on. I have to help so-and-so. Because his his narrative around that is, you know, they they need me right now and I I want to be helpful. I feel valuable when I'm able to help them. It's a way that I show up as a good friend. But when I ask him to do something, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Or if he makes a commitment to do something himself, he has the narrative of like, well, I can start tomorrow. Or, um, you know, I don't have time today. But he doesn't want to portray himself that way to his friends. He doesn't want to be the kind of friend who says like, I don't have time today. But he can say that to himself because he perceives the, the repercussions of that to be lesser, right? He perceives putting something off for himself to be of lesser consequence than putting something off for a friend. It's how you narrate it in your own mind. When I worked in corporate America before starting Primal Potential, I would run myself ragged to get the project done, to take on additional work. I was the first one in. I was often the last one to leave because the way that I put it is, you know, it matters to me how other people see me. But I never really thought about whether or not it mattered how I see myself and why that might be important. So this really is not some big mystery. We just have very different stories we tell ourselves about showing up for other people than we do about ourselves. So you can ask yourself if, if this was something I was doing for somebody else, if I told somebody else that I would meet them at the gym, would I interact with that decision differently than if somebody else wasn't involved and it was just for me. 1,000% of the time, it's the story you tell yourself about who you want to be and how you want to be. And the great thing about that is you can always change it. Uh, Another question that came in about self-sabotage was, um, I know what I need to do, but I don't do it. I find I'm either on the wagon or off. I can't find the middle ground. Think about it this way. You don't find the middle ground. You choose the middle ground. You have to look for it. This is about engaging with a greater degree of curiosity with your own thoughts. So it's not either I work out or I don't. You get to engage with those thoughts and say, What's one thing I could do? I did an episode the other day about the 10% rule for overcoming all or nothing thinking. And I've done a ton of episodes on overcoming all or nothing thinking. So 
dive into those. Those resources are there. If you feel like I can't seem to find a middle ground, well, how many strategies and tools in your toolbox do you have for that? If you feel like you don't have any, then dive into those episodes or join the consistency course where we have countless tools and resources for that. But a lot of it can be initiated by just being curious instead of like, I'm so all or nothing. You're not looking for a solution when you say that. You're just reaffirming the problem. But if you say to yourself, well, what would it look like if, if I wasn't all or nothing with this? What are three different kind of in the middle approaches that I could think of? And if your first thought is, I don't know, that's normal. I don't know is where we start. I don't know is never where we stop. Especially in this day and age where you can, you can go to primalpotential.com and search all or nothing and come up with blogs and podcasts and courses and pro- like, come on, there's, there's tons of ways to work yourself out of that. Take responsibility and know, hey, there are tools and there are resources. Maybe I know them and I'm not implementing them. Maybe I don't know them at all and I just need to take 10 seconds to expose myself to a tool or a resource. When, when I'm in this place where I initially see something as all or nothing, like I really don't want to clean the kitchen, I just want to go to bed. So is it really either I take the time to clean the whole kitchen or I do nothing and I just go to bed? I'll ask myself, well, am I willing to set a timer for two and a half minutes and get done what I can do in two and a half minutes? Not because I think that that's some heroic way to clean the kitchen, but because I want to practice pursuing something other than all or nothing. And maybe I might ask myself five minutes. This this happens to me a lot with work. When I'm writing a book, there are more days than not where I'm like, I don't want to write. I can do it tomorrow. And I'll ask myself, well, is there some middle ground that I'm willing to choose, even if it's a small thing? Am I willing to do just 10 minutes of effort on it today? Am I willing to do five minutes of effort five times, you know, five different times throughout the day? Get curious, get creative, be a creative, energetic problem solver. Because what's happening when people say like, I just, I'm such an all or nothing person. I know what to do, but I don't ever do it. You are just committing to the problem. You're cementing that in your mind is like, this is the way it is. This is the way I am. There's nothing creative about that. There's nothing solution focused about that. So... The last thing I wanted to share before I tell you who won the GBX Fit, that quad biotic I was talking about at the top of the show. Last week, I posted, and I've been trying to do this pretty regularly, but last week specifically, I posted a picture of my dinner. I think I did it in the Primal Potential Facebook group as well as on my Instagram stories. And I basically said, you know, it took essentially seven minutes to make this. And it was a homemade chicken soup. And the seven minutes referred to the time to get the ingredients out of the fridge, chop and saute an onion, uh, and then put the chicken and water and the onion and some herbs in the crock pot and put it on low and slow for eight hours. I think I did it on high for six hours. But either way, I was like, this was seven minutes of active effort. And I said, we do have time. We do have time. Whether you're like me and you have three kids under two or, you know, you've got 12 kids in the house or no kids in the house, it doesn't really matter. We all have time. Less than seven minutes. And that is a meal that fed us multiple times. So Roman, myself, Chris, and leftovers for multiple days because it makes a ton when you use a whole chicken. And somebody responded and said, 
thank you for sharing this. It's so easy to hold on to the lie that I don't have time. And I replied and I said, what if it's actually easier to let go of the lie, right? Like if you tell yourself, oh, well, it's easy to hold on to the lie that I don't have time, you probably won't let go of it. But if you convince yourself that it's actually easier to let go of it and see that you do have time and make it work with the time that you do have, maybe that is dramatically easier because, I don't know, I find it pretty difficult to constantly go through the day saying, like, I don't have time. I'm so busy. Oh, my goodness. These are, there's all these things I want to do that I don't have time to do. I don't find that easy at all. I find it much easier to say, what can I do with the time that I do have? How can I use my time more wisely? So if you're feeling like it's easy to hold on to X, Y, Z lie, what would it take to convince yourself that it's actually easier to let go of that lie? Because it probably is. All right. The winner of GBX Fit, D-Low-19-L-G. So D-L-O-H-19, capital L-G. Email me, Elizabeth, at primalpotential.com. Within 60 days of this episode airing, include your mailing address. Tell me you were the winner for 1058. Definitely helps if you let me know the episode number. And uh, I will get GBX Fit out to you. I'll also put the link to it in the show description along with a discount code if you want to check it out. I hope you have an amazing day. If you've got questions or topics you want to hear about, let me know. Talk to you soon.